A reading from 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your, your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You may be seated. Thank you, Mike and worship team, and welcome to everybody here this morning who woke up to showers of frozen blessings, right? Yes. All right. Uh, it's always good to have one last blast of winter, and then we're going to go from here, right? Uh, it's onward and upward. Uh, you might be remembering that Pastor Jim, feel sorry for him, he's in Jamaica right now, uh, and, and I uh, texted him back and forth for a while last night. Things are going great. Um, he's been there working with the churches at first, but for the past week, uh, since Tuesday, he's had about 40 uh, students and, gar and, and, and his counselors from CCA, Cornerstone Christian Academy, that he's um, directing and they're working on projects. They're getting more done than he ever dreamed they'd be able to get done. So it's been a great week. So uh, continue to pray for them. They return home Tuesday. And uh, so they still got a little bit of work to do there. And also, before we get going, the last week I had mentioned to you, if you were new to the church or if you were someone feeling, I'm just, I'm just not connected and I'd really like to connect, we said all you need to do is write on one of these cards here, these connect cards, party with the pastor, and you would be invited to the pastor's house for a time of fellowship, a time of fun, a time of just getting together and maybe find out a little bit how you can get connected. I'm pleased to say we had 40, uh, 40 plus that, yeah, so it's going to be a couple parties, okay? Because, you know, if it's 40 people, you're just kind of shaking hands kind of like on Sunday morning and they walk by, but we want more time. So we're connecting with them, but if you weren't here or if you didn't do that and you want to say, hey, I want to be included, if you're new or you're fairly new and just never connected, write party with the pastor, drop it in our offering boxes there at the back, 
And we are, we will, we will we'll include you on the emails going out this week, which will start assigning or at least asking for dates for you to be involved. So thank you for that too. And one more thing, starting next week, we're really excited about our sermon series leading up to Easter called, Is This Justice? Next Sunday, uh, Palm Sunday and Friday, Good Friday, we will be doing a three um, sermon series or three messages at least related to the final day of Christ, uh, his, before his, or of his, the day of his uh, crucifixion. This series will be on Luke or Matthew 26 and 27, and it will be on the arrest, the trial, and the execution of Jesus leading up to Easter Sunday, where, of course, we celebrate the resurrection. So I encourage you to be here. It starts next week, as does then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, our Easter dramatic musical, the drama, will be here Saturday and Sunday night. So I encourage you to invite friends and to be here for that as we really kick in to the Easter season. Uh, but today we're wrapping up the Insanity Loop, the series we've been in for the last five weeks. And you know, again, the Insanity Loop is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and how we tend sometimes to even do that in our own spiritual life. We've been doing the same things for years and years, not growing, not, not getting closer to Christ, not maturing in our faith, and we wonder why. And maybe, it's, maybe we need to try something a little different. Maybe we need to do something to amp up our, our spiritual growth, and we started about four weeks ago with prayer, our communication with God, that, that it's not just asking, it's, it is a communication, it's a two-way street. And then we went to the practice of poverty, which is, of course, giving up, it's, it's, it's uh, abstinence, it's giving up so that God can add something to my life, something that's missing, something that's needed. And then Pastor Eric followed that up with the practice of pondering or studying and meditating on God's Word. And, and then last week we talked about the practice of practice, of how we come together as the church and we, we live together in the, in the song there, I believe, or the, the one um, before that, it says we were talking about the communion of saints. And that, and that is certainly what the church is. It's a fellowship. And we, 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 together we practice our faith. And these are disciplines, these are practices that we do in our lives to grow closer to Christ. But it was um, Don Whitney who wrote the book Spiritual Disciplines for, for a Christian Life, and this is a, a classic. He says this, So while we cannot be godly without the practice of disciplines, we can practice the disciplines without being godly if we see them as ends and not means. And so hopefully, as we've gone through this, try to say that, you know, it's not just, it's just not prayer, it's just not study, it's just not devotion, it's not just meditation, it's just not coming together. That's not the, that's not the ends, that's the means to the ends. The end is to grow closer to Christ. The end is to mature in our faith. The end is to become more and more a well-rounded, excited, on fire, Holy Spirit-filled Christian. And so that's where we've been, been pushing over the last few weeks, and we've gone through these four practices. And now we come to the last week, the fifth week. Are you ready for this one? Yeah? The practice of preaching. Preaching. Now, don't leave. I'm not going to ask you to preach. I can hear it now. No, no, pastor, you're the one that preaches. I don't preach, right? I, it's, it's not my job to preach. What's going on here? 
Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is asking a little too much. I'm okay praying. I can do that in my closet. I can read my Bible. I can study. But no, 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 no. I'm not going to preach. Public speaking is not my gift. And what we're going to tell you today, public speaking may not be your gift. But we should all be practicing the practice of preaching. We in our, in our strategy here at French Church on how we become a, a more a stronger Christian, how we reach to that fourth chair, that Christ-centered chair. We say there's three strategies to get there. The first strategy, if you remember, is to gather. And so, and so we've been talking, last week we talked about gathering. We come together as the church and we fellowship and we commune and we do all those things. And the second G is we grow. And we've been talking about that. We've been talking about how we, how we study, how we pray, how we get in groups together and, and, and work on our knowledge and apply that. But the third way that we grow in our Christian faith is another little short little word, another G word, and it's Go. And preaching this morning, I would suggest to you, is our going. Preaching is sometimes getting out of our closet, our prayer closet, getting out of our study room or our corner, getting out of even the church building. And preaching is go. Go and share our faith. And who better, who better to encourage us on this than the Apostle Peter? It was Peter, if you remember, who just after Pentecost, just after the Holy Spirit came, when the, the, the Bible in Acts chapter 2 tells us that they were all in a room and there was a sound like a mighty, rushing, roaring wind. There were something that looked like tons of fire coming down and breaking apart and resting on each one. And then they all began to speak in tongues and there were tongues that everybody understood. In fact, people all through Jerusalem could hear these people speaking in their same language. And they were all going, what's going on here? This is crazy. These are Galileans. They don't know this kind of stuff. How can they be speaking like this? They must be drunk. <laughs> they must be drinking. And it was Peter in chapter 2 of Acts who said, folks, come here. He says, people of Jerusalem, come here. He says, let me explain what just happened. Let me explain what just happened. And then he says, listen very carefully. And here's Peter, a fisherman, not of the intellectual elite, not of the religious elite, a common man who's about to explain what has just happened. And so he talks like a common man a lot of times. And he uses the common language. In fact, he probably learned that from Jesus. You know, it was Jesus who talked about building and rocks and stones. If you remember, there was a story that Jesus told in the Bible. He said there was a wise man and a foolish man. The foolish man built his house on the stone. But the wise man built his house on the rock. And everybody in his audience can understand building. They understand what it is to build and construct. That's the type of people they were. Jesus talked about uh, a, a man who, well, who came to him. Actually, a man came to him and said, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, things have been going well. I need to tear down my barns and build bigger and better barns. 
Jesus says, fool, fool. Everybody understood about construction and tearing down. Those were the things he did. And I can imagine Peter thinking back. But I really think Peter probably thought back to another conversation he had with Jesus as he wrote this passage that Mike read to us this morning. It was in Acts chapter 16. Jesus had just said to Peter, Peter, who do you think or say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, good work. So flesh and blood did not reveal that. You didn't hear that from other folks. You heard it from God, the Father, revealed that to you. And then he says something. He says, Simon, Simon Peter, Simon, your name is Petros. Petros. Little rock, little stone, a stone. And he said, upon that, I, uh, upon that rock, Petra, big rock, foundational rock, I will build my church. And Jesus began the process of building his church. And after Pentecost, Peter joined in the process of building the church. And now the church is scattered. The church is everywhere. If you read the first couple verses of 1 Peter, you see he's writing to Christians that are all over the place. This province and that province and that province. And he's thinking back, and I think he's thinking back to this analogy that Jesus would have used and did use. Oh, these are heavier than they look. Of rocks. Things you find anywhere and everywhere, right? I found this one less than 50 feet from my back door. <laughs> In fact, I found all of these less than 50 feet from my back door. Because rocks are common. And, and so Peter is talking to his people, and he's, he, wants to, he wants to get them in something they understand. And he says, you know what? There's this, there's this, there's this analogy, and in the first eight verses of what Mike read to us today, we see rock mentioned eight times, or stone mentioned eight times. We see stone, we see living stone, and we see cornerstone. All coming from references, from Scripture, from Old Testament, from Isaiah, from other places. And Peter's saying, you got a choice. You can either reject this stone or you can accept the stone. He calls Jesus the living stone. And everybody understood what he said. In fact, he had even said this before. Way back, right after Pentecost, in Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter's preaching, and he's actually before the Sanhedrin, and he says this, Jesus, the stone the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. They all knew about God being a rock. In fact, through the Old Testament, you see God is the rock of my salvation. Hannah, when she, just after she gave birth to, to Samuel, said that there is no rock like our God. Way back in Isaiah chapter 28, 16, Isaiah says, and the Lord says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. They all knew what this was. And now Peter's saying, it is Jesus, the stone you rejected. 
But then he goes on, and this is where it starts to apply to us. He says in verse 5, he said, But you also, the living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Now, these, none of these stones are what we would call living this morning, right? These stones are not breathing. They're not reproducing. They're not doing anything but doing what stones do. They hurt you if you fall on them or they fall on you. Or they can trip you up, as Peter makes note here. A stone can be helpful, and a stone can be hurtful. But he says, here he says, you are living stones. He just said earlier that Christ was the living stone. He says, you have a relationship with your heavenly Father. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you are being built into not a temple, not a regular house, not anything that, that would protect you in, in the way that we think of rain and snow, but you're being built into a spiritual house. And he's not just talking to one person here. He's talking to the, to the group of people. He's talking to the people everywhere. And he says, you are all being built into a spiritual house. You are all being built into this spiritual house. And then he goes on and says, to be a holy priesthood. There's a, there's a function. To be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He's saying we are spiritual rocks or spiritual house to give spiritual sacrifices. He's taking the Old Testament um, understanding of sacrifices. He says we no longer have to sacrifice animals, but we are making spiritual sacrifices. We are, we are living sacrifices, as Paul said. We bring sacrifices of praise, as Paul said. In fact, Psalms 51, 7, 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And then after describing this, he talks about the sad state of the lost. He says, you know, this rock, this rock, you can either be a living stone and join the club, or it can be a stumbling block, a stumbling stone. And he says, the lost are like that. And then he goes on and says in verse 9, but you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You have been blessed. You have been blessed. And the message for us this morning is we have been blessed. You know, Peter is referring back to the Old Testament. He's referring back to Exodus where, where the scripture says that, that God has called the Israelites all to be a holy nation, a chosen people. And he says that has been transferred now to you. You have become the royal priesthood. You have become the holy priesthood. You're the new Israel. As, I, as Exodus 19.6 says, you are a kingdom of priests. So from that, we get this doctrine that really started at the time of the Reformation. And this doctrine, and, and what we really want to focus our minds on this morning, is what has been coined as the priesthood of all believers. You are 
a priest. I am a priest. We together are priests. Or this morning, because of the word we use, we're all preachers. Did you get that? The priesthood of all believers. Martin Luther, you remember him? He started and through him with the five solas during the Reformation. Remember that about a year and a half ago when we talked about the Reformation? We talked about it's through Scripture alone, through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, and for the glory of God alone. But really another pillar of the Reformation was this priesthood of all believers, that all of us have access to God all of us are able to intercede for others. All of us are able to serve. All of us are able to make a sacrifice because we no longer make animal sacrifices. We make spiritual sacrifices. We give our bodies as a living sacrifice. We sacrifice and praise. And we all become preachers. In fact, Luther said this, the word priest should become a co- as common as the word Christian because all Christians are priests. In the early Quakers, our friend's history very much took, grabbed a hold of this and said, no, we all, we all take on the role of preacher. In fact, some people said the Quakers did away or abolished the priesthood. But the early writers said, no, it's just the opposite. The Quakers abolished the laity. (laughs) There's no more laity. We're all priests. We are all pastors. We are all called to share. And and we are all called to lead. I read this week where the fastest growing churches, I don't know statistics to back it up, but it said the fastest growing churches of the world are where there are the fewest preachers. Because where there are fewest preachers, everybody's got to do it. Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, and he says, he's, I'm in prison. They knew he was in prison. We don't know for sure he was in prison, maybe Ephesus. But he says, I'm in prison, but the good news is, because I'm in prison, everybody else, all the rest of the believers, in chapter 1, verse 14 says, all the rest of the believers are getting courage and bold in their faith, and they are telling the good news. So when the preacher got locked up, <laughs> everybody says, well, somebody's got to do the work. And somewhere along the line, we got the thought of, well, wait a minute, it's the preacher who does the work. We are all called to do the work of the gospel. Peter goes on to explain the reason for this in the rest of that verse. He says this in in verse verse 9, says, So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Why has God called you to be priests? Why has God called us all to be a holy nation? Why has God called us all, no matter what our background is, to come together as one one body, no matter where we are, if we're in this province or that state or that nation, we all come together. We are all part of this living house that's being built, this church that's being built, stone by living stone, each one of us a part of it, so that we can declare the praises of him, so that we can give God glory, so that we can share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the reason. That's the end for our means. We declare his praises, and it's because of what he's done for us. So when it comes to the practice of, of preaching. We preach by our speech. We preach by our speech. Who have you shared the good news of the gospel with recently? 
and exercising your faith and, and becoming a stronger Christian, we grow when we, when we share the faith. We grow and we're encouraged when we share the good news of what Christ has done for us. And this is so important. In Acts chapter 4, Peter knew how important it was. He says, he, and he knew the threats that were against him. And he was praying, and he says, Oh, Lord, I hear all the, hear, hear all the, hear all the threats against me. Hear it. And then give me boldness to speak. Give me boldness to speak. Do we ask for that same boldness? In Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Pray for me that I may fearlessly, fearlessly share the gospel. And then in Philippians, he says that, what I said before, he says, thank goodness I'm locked up, but that means others have picked up the mantle because they believed in the priesthood of all believers. They believed it was all their, everyone believed it was their duty. And Peter writes then in the very next chapter, this is so important, in chapter 3, verse 15, he says, always be prepared to answer anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Notice what Peter doesn't say. Peter doesn't say, always go up and, and, and badger somebody until they become a Christian. <laughs> you know, Peter doesn't say, just, uh, you know, just go up and, and just wear on somebody. He just says, give a reason for the hope that's within you. Share the good news. Be a preacher. Be a priest. Be one who's willing to give and go out on a limb. Whitney, in, his, in that book, Disciplines for a Christian Life, said this. He said, evangelism is a natural overflow of the Christian life. Every Christian should be able to talk about what the Lord has done for him or her, and what it means to him or her. Every Christian, every Christian should be able to say, hey, here's what God has done for me. You know, Peter didn't say, uh, be ready to explain every problem that's in the Bible. Or every answer every question that anybody might have about why God. He says, answer to give a reason for the hope that's within you. Every Christian should be able to talk about what the Lord has done for him or her. We are all preachers. We preach through our speech. And that speech takes place outside of this building and many, many times. We reach out into our communities, into our friends, and we tell them, this is why I have hope. It says, it says it's natural, but he goes on and says this. But evangelism is also a discipline in that we must discipline ourselves to get into situations where evangelism can occur. That is, we must not just wait for witnessing opportunities to happen. It's a discipline in that we need to challenge our faith. We need to grow in our faith, and we grow in our faith when we actually look for opportunities when we join maybe a club that's not just a Christian club or go to an exercise facility that's just not a Christian gym or do something in our community that we're not just surrounded by Christians but, and actually do it with a purpose, thinking ahead. Let's do this because there are people out there who are stumbling over this rock of Christ. They have rejected him, as Peter said, and when you reject him, they stumble. And we got some good news that can pick them up. 
Evangelism just doesn't happen. It's a discipline. But more than just speaking, another form of preaching, another way we practice our preaching is we preach by our actions. We preach by our actions. Now, I spent most of the time on speaking because sometimes I think sometimes say, well, I just let my actions speak, and that's a cop-out. We think we don't have to share the gospel because we've just been good. <laughs> but they don't know why we've been good if we don't share why, why, right? They don't know why we're living the life we live if we don't share why. But we still got to live the life that people would look to and say, I want to be like that. St. Francis of Assisi, I think, has been credited with saying, you know, that uh, we should preach at all times and when we need to, use words. That's practicing our faith with our actions. He's writing to people who are scattered. He's writing to people who are persecuted. He's writing to people who don't maybe know uh, where, uh, where, where the next challenge of their faith could come from and what that challenge might be. And they may be thinking of what they don't have. Boy, I don't have this. I don't have that. And sometimes we can get into that. And he's reminding them, oh man, you're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen people. You're part of this living stones that's building a living building that's there to bring praise to our God and to win others to Christ. Peter reminds them of what they have. What do we have? You see why this is important when you read verse 10. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. One of the sacrifices, the spiritual sacrifices we bring is that sacrifice of mercy to others. Offer mercy. And he says, one time you were not a people, but I've called you to people. God has called you to be a people. God has called you to be part of this living stone, this living house. And you've experienced mercy. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. And then he goes on to say, you're, you're like foreigners. You're like aliens. You're living in a land where you don't have any rights of citizenship. But you're still a chosen people. And so he closes with this. He says, so let's live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Live such good lives. If we could combine our living and our good deeds, our actions, with then our speech, then we'd really become priests. We really become those who are out sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we put the shoe leather to our faith. Jesus talks about this in all kind of examples. The good Samaritan. Somebody who put their deeds in action. They lived out their faith. I think of another case of folks living out their faith. Remember the, the paralyzed man who his friends were trying to get him to Jesus and they couldn't find any way because the crowd was so thick in the room they couldn't get him in the room. And the four friends took him and 
and put a hole in the roof and lowered him in. And he said, because that was a, that was a stone that needed life. That was, that was somebody who needed to see Jesus. And he says, we're not going to stop at just a, a roof to keep from seeing Jesus. I wonder how hard we've cha- tra- challenged ourselves. Where, where we'll stop because that's too difficult to introduce people to Jesus. Jesus said, let our light shine. Let our light shine. Now, you might be wondering, I've kind of wondered too, you know, what's this merely mean, though, about um, helping us grow spiritually? You've been talking about sharing your faith and and word and action. And, you know, what it really comes down to is this is our faith. And and have you ever, have you ever exercised? You know, when we exercise our faith, we become stronger. Have you ever not exercised for a long time? And you just sit around on a couch and watch TV, like maybe during March Madness? <laughs> and you start to feel like, oh man, I'm feeling like I'm out of shape. I'm, I just kind of feel like a bump on a log. And I haven't exercised. And it's the same way with our Christian life. You know, if we're just pew sitters, if we don't exercise our Christian faith, we never get strong, we never grow. And Peter is saying the way we exercise our Christian faith, the way living stones do it, is they don't sit. <laughs> living stones are different. These kind of stones, they just sit around. Living stones go out and say, I want to add some more living stones. I see some, I see some inanimate objects here that need the breath of life. And God can bring breath of life into a dead, rotten stone. Actually, he can do anything he wants. In, in, in Exodus, he brought water from a rock. If he can bring water from a rock, he can make someone a living stone. But Peter says, that's your job and my job to introduce them. It's our job to, to he's made us this holy nation. He's made us this community of faith so that so that we can express and share in the praises of God, so that we can tell them the reason for the hope that's within us, so that they too can become living stones. It's more than just inviting somebody to church. Now, that's great. If you, if you can invite some people, if you invite 20 or 30 people this week to church, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> But it's more than that. It's, it's not just sharing, inviting the church and letting the pastor tell them. It's, it's you telling them, this is why. This is why I, I want you to know what God's done for me. We grow when we exercise. And if we're just never sharing our faith, if we're never talking about the Lord, if we're, if we're, not, if we're just living life like, like we're not a Christian, our faith gets kind of flabby. And when you're flabby and out of shape, it's tough to get out of that insanity loop. It's tough to get out of that wheel. It's been said many times, um, and I'm sure Peter would say this, God really doesn't care about your ability. He just wants your availability. He just wants your availability. So yes, I'm a living stone. I'm part of this, and I want to be I want to be a living stone that is helping to build this kingdom, build this church, 
build the good work of the gospel. What's your availability? This song just is an older one that's been put to a new tune that we've sung before. It simply says, take my life and let it be. Consecrate him, Lord, to me. Take my hands, take my mouth, take my lips, take my eyes, whatever it may be. God, use them so that I can bring others to you. All the stones that are out there, I want to build a big house. Let's stand together. Let's just worship him and offer him. If you want to come pray, the altar's always open. But let's just worship as we sing together.
Let's pray. Father, it's our heart, our hands, our mind, our feet, our lips, our intellect, our wills, everything that we have, Lord, we submit and commit to you this morning. Father, you have called us. You've called us into a relationship with you. And Lord, we are so blessed because of that. You have called us into this new family, the kingdom of God that's being built day by day, moment by moment. Throughout this world, people are being added this very day to your kingdom. We thank you and praise you for that. And Lord, you've called us to be part of the, the, the priesthood that takes this message. You've called us, Lord, not to rely on others. Lord, we can come to you directly and Lord, we can pray to you and we can, we can praise you and serve you and we can give our lives to you. And so Father, this morning, help us to be evangelists for you. Lord, help us to join with Jesus, join with Peter, join with these saints that he's writing to and the saints down through these years that have built this kingdom and built this church. Lord, help us to put on our construction hats and as living sacrifices, as living stones, offer ourselves to you. Use us how you would want us to be used. Put us where you'd have us to be. Lead us. And Lord, help us as we speak and as our actions speak that Jesus Christ would be lifted up and praised and we'll be with we will praise you for all that you do in Jesus precious name we pray amen amen go this week be a living stone be a preacher be a preacher and here's your here's your message that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're dismissed. Go in that light.